What's good, y'all? My name is Dylan Green, and this is Real Notes, a space dedicated to blurring the cultural and artistic lines between rap and film. I'm here to chop it up with everyone from rappers and producers to journalists and video directors about their relationship to movies and how, if at all, film inspires their craft. My guest this week is Chicago-born rapper, author, chemist, and activist, Psalm One. We spoke about Abbott Elementary, The Muppets, growing up as the child of a journalist, when older favorite movies don't age well, how chemistry applies to real life, the Boycott Rhyme Sayers movement, battle rap, and the creative processes behind her latest album, Big Perm, and her memoir, Her Word is Bond, navigating hip-hop and relationships in the culture of misogyny. Come fuck with us. What's cracking, everybody? Welcome back to Real Notes. Still moving. Still, um, uh, I just saw Terrifier 2 last night, and I'm still kind of sort of getting over that. Um, I watched a clown feed uh, mashed potatoes to a dead woman. It was a lot. <laughs> movie, movie, movie's kind of crazy. Um, I missed it for Halloween, made it happen. Um, I survived. I don't know. But uh, my name's Dylan Green, Cinema Sci. Uh, got a lot of names, do a lot of shit. And I'm with somebody else who also has a few names, but does like more shit than I can possibly put into. I'm going to try, but like this woman's a rapper, an author, a chemist, a teacher, an activist, um, human being, yeah. wonderful human yeah. being. <laughs> um, you, her memoir, <laughs> of course, her her memoir, her, her word is Bond, navigating hip hop and relationships in a culture of misogyny. And her latest album, Big Perm, are both out now. And available wherever books and music are sold or streamed, all the all the capitalism shit. We got Psalm One in the house today. Um, I've been a fan for a while, so this is a real treat. And um, just thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Nah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, it's just it's a uh, you know you just you just been on a tear for this last like pre- pre- pretty much. The, I mean like for for a long time really, but like in particular like this year with the new album and the new book, which I unfortunately haven't gotten the chance to read yet. I don't have a copy. I'm really looking to get one, but I just like knowing the journey that you've been through over the course of these last, of of this last like 20 years, it's just like, I can't wait to really like get to dive into it over the holidays when I'm not working on eight things at once. (laughs) Yeah. I appreciate it. I mean, you, you do a lot. So I understand Listening to an album is one thing. It's a it's it's a commitment that is really tangible. But you know, asking right. people they read this almost three hundred page book, I'm letting everyone kind of like just let me know when they you know when they read it or when they get around to it because it is a big undertaking. Right. No. I, yeah. I got like a whole stack of books. I'm like really bad at that. I'm trying to get better. Like, I'm like I got like maybe like ten <laughs> that I got to get through, but. Yours yeah. is yours is yours yours is yours is yours is near the top of that list. So yeah. <laughs> um, but we're here to talk about movies first and foremost. We're, we're gonna get to everything, but um okay. um first question I ask everybody who comes on here, what was the last movie or TV show you watched that you had a strong opinion about? I mean, I'm really into Abbott Elementary. So uh, every beautiful. week, um every every week um I have a strong opinion about it, even if it's just this is so well done, you know? <laughs> what was it? Cause like, 
I'm, I'm realizing now we never talked about Abbott Elementary on here. I love Abbott Elementary too. I just got my sister into it like maybe about a month ago. So like okay. we've kind of been running through the whole show and, and like I've been like reliving it through their eyes. It's really tight. Um, what was it about Abbott Elementary that really kind of like grabbed you when you first started watching? I don't remember seeing a public school comedy um, that comes at it from like that angle. And I love Quinta. Yeah. And it's nice to, you know, as a someone who kind of studies pop culture as we consume it, it's just nice to see that sort of uh, that leap from social media and like these apps to like a big network television show. So I really just started watching it to support. But then I was like, wait, this is really good. So I'm on board. Right. Yeah. Nah. Like I've. Yeah. Nah. I've been a fan of Quinta since the BuzzFeed days. Like back when BuzzFeed was like actually good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and right. Like, and you know, like it's it's just like <clears throat> to see. Like I always knew she had this kind of thing in her. Um. Like sure. there were. Um. I um I had watched a couple episodes of a Black Lady sketch show, which I wished I enjoyed more. But she's always same, good on same, it. Same. Same. You know. <laughs> like I, I I feel terrible saying that, but like I watched a couple episodes and I was like, yeah, this might not be for me. This and... is a safe space, and I feel <laughs> the same way you do. Like I watch it to support, and I know that I might get a good chuckle out of something, but mm-hmm. by and large, I watch it and I won't have. I won't. It won't be that funny to me. So yeah, <laughs> they try, and I appreciate it. I love the guests and stuff, but like you know, I just uh, Ro- Robin, shout out to Robin Thede. She's great. She'll yeah, she'll, she's super funny. Yeah, yeah, you know, she's super funny. Um, just not always on a blacklist sketch show. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, it happens. It happens. Yeah, you know. But Abbott Elementary has been like it's been a real treat to watch Abbott Elementary. Just like, um, to like. Like to hear them say that it did better than Modern Family, like at, like in that w- within that same time frame, was just like wow, like they're really about to like take this motherfucker over. Like it really made me so happy because like I knew she had it in her to like really flesh something really nice and um beautiful out of this. And like as somebody who's like a product of the public school system, like I right. uh, I um um I understand not everything, but like a lot of things that go on in those buildings and just like. Yeah. Um, j- just like the shit that teachers have to go through to be able to like teach their kids, you know, like, you, you know, like buying supplies with their own money yeah. and just like yeah. having to fight with the school for everything. It's just like that shit is so important. And they put it and you're like, it's never like depressing. It's just like they manage they, like they manage to make it feel real and weighty, but it's not like it's still funny and it's still cute yeah. and there's still yeah. like romance and people's food gets stolen out the fridge, you know, like it's, it's, it's still <laughs> like, it's been such a long time since I've watched a sitcom that didn't feel like a, this doesn't feel like, you know, like the kind of like live in front of a studio audience type shit. I feel like that's kind of, I feel like that's kind of out. And this has, this has a lot more energy to it than that. And yeah. it's great. Yeah, absolutely. And as someone like to touch on like being a teacher, I've done my, you know, I, I ran an after school program for like around three years. So, mm-hmm. and when we first started, we didn't have any funding from the public school system. Like Chicago public schools didn't start giving us funding for the program till after it was running for like a year and a half. So for a year and a half and, you know, around that time, everything that we got was coming out of my pockets, you know, and we did it because we saw a need. And I know personally that 
music programs need to be in schools. So we were in schools a lot and you do have to fight. You have to fight not only sometimes the teachers, you have to, you know, and it's not like really fighting, but you're really just advocating for what the kids need, you know, and advocating for what kids need should not be that hard. But um, it's nice to see the Abbott Elementary touch on that, but also keep it humorous. It's like that balance of, you know, the, the, the weightiness of, you know, the public school system all over the country. Right. Absolutely. It's just like, you know, like, it's like Barbara said in the pilot, just about how like teachers are like, you know, like teachers are like friends, therapists, like second parents, and sometimes even first parents, you know, like that shit was like, like she said that, but I didn't walk out feeling like, oh, like I felt (laughs) like it it was like, I don't know. They, They just, they just find a really nice balance. And, uh, um, but tell me, tell me, tell me more about your after school program. Like, what was it and what did you do? And like, how did, uh, yeah, how did it work? I don't know where my brain just went. How did it work? Yeah. And long story short, I was living in San Francisco for a while and I yeah. took a job at, um, because in San Francisco, you need like eight jobs or need a huge bag to even <laughs> like have basic needs. So uh, one of my like five jobs was, uh, having an after school program with a, with a, with a uh, company called America, with an organization called America Scores. And what they do is they combine soccer and poetry writing. It's a weird team building (laughs) mesh that um, it's a really beautiful program because the kids actually have to do both. So in order to participate in the soccer or the poetry slams, they have to participate in both. And it Mm. it really like forces them into thinking outside the box, team building. Well, I was a, a, I was a I was an after school instructor for the poetry program, but they were understaffed. So I became a soccer teacher, too. And I was able to finagle um, getting them some help, getting a kid college credit from San Francisco State University, who is doing a sports medicine um, wow. was on sports medicine scholarship to come help me with the kids. And they liked that so much that um, they kind of started paying more attention to what I was doing. And one of the instructors actually knew me as Psalm One and was like, we have a musician's program. So I ended up doing a musician's program with ASCAP, you know, the publishing company. And mm-hmm. they do like a they do like a residency where um where artists that are you know under ASCAP can do these three-day workshops with kids. Um, so fast forward a little bit, I was doing these uh three-day workshops with kids ended up doing a whole tour of it, did an album called Child Support, which is out there. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a children's album, a children's rap album, basically. That got me recognized uh, back in Chicago uh, with an organization called Intonation Music. And they have, they do um, basically band building with kids after school in the Chicago public schools, but mainly in underserved areas where they'd be the last kids to get like a music program. Um, so they had me come in and start a hip hop leg cause they had rock and pop, but no hip hop. And I was, cause it's one of those things, like, are you going to go to underserved areas and there's no hip hop? Like, right. Uh, like, come on. You know? no. <laughs> right. So, so that was what I did. And for three years, we cultivated that program, um, in Chicago, all over the South side and West side. So it's one of my, one of the things I'm most proud of as a rapper, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Being, yeah. being able to like bring a program like that to um to to areas that I grew up that never had you know never had programs like that 
Right. Oh, that's so, that's so, 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 so important. Like, you know, you know, like not even, not, not even just like helping kids in underserved areas, but just like in your underserved areas, right. Like just be, right. You know, like I, I can, I can only, I can only imagine how good that must've felt. And also I think you might be one of only a handful of rappers who has a children's album. Like, yeah, right. like, like, like across the spectrum. I can't like, like, I'm sure there's a couple others, but like none come to my head right now. If so I like, say it, if I sold your boy it right now, someone will absolutely be like, no, no, I'm the first. <laughs> and it'll just be like documented and, you know, I'll get, I'll get slandered. So let's just say I'm one of them. Son from Yo Gabba Gabba is going to come and come and talk your ear off about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Wasn't 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 Bismarck key on Yo Gabba Gabba at one point? Yeah, yeah. Rest, rest in, in peace, peace to Biz. Man, <laughs> it's so much. Somebody was saying that the other day. Like I, I forgot where I was watching it on the internet, but they're like, it's it's crazy because like you, we're we're at an age in hip hop where you talk about rappers, and a lot of times you have to say rest in peace. You know, you'd be like, God damn, like losing them. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm 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 still I'm still reeling from takeoff, honestly. <laughs> like yeah, it's, that... it's it's been, it's been, it's been a rough week and a half. Like it's it's uh like I like you know, like I think about this a lot. Just like you just become I mean, you know, just like as black people in general, like we're very very familiar with mourning on like a grand on like micro and macro scales, but like as rap fans in particular, like it's just it just feels like it's like every other day or every other week at this point, you know, like just like if you count the unknown rappers and the really indie right. underground, it's probably just way the statistics are probably way more, you know. It does suck. And takeoffs passing, rest in peace, was definitely it shifted something in me and it kind of like coincided with like this decline of Twitter. And you know, I kind of like walked away from Twitter for a few days because it just gets it gets so cloudy and disgusting every time yeah. someone like dies now. You know, everyone wants like footage of it or some sort of weird connection and they make it about themselves. It was just odd, you know, an odd feeling. And it's really weird because it's like, what if I wanted to be a successful street rapper? Is this what I have to, you know, yeah, aspire to, you know, so I don't know. It's messed up out here. I wish us as a people could stop, you know, doing this. Cause we talk about state violence and all this stuff all the time, yeah. but you know, you know that, you know, you know what conversation is always, you know, clashing yeah. with, with that, you know, we, we hurt ourselves quite a bit, you know, yeah. we need to stop that shit. It's yeah. It's really, it's really about finding a balance between acknowledging the fact that like a lot of this music, like, like, especially, especially shit that comes from the street is very much like it's product of your environment type shit. You know, like this is like people are talking about this because they live or not. Every, like Obviously, not everyone's lived. Sure, it, sure, like, sure. You know, but but but, you know, like people like live this and like this is what you know, like this is how people get out. But at the same time, it's just like it's just about finding a balance between that and being like, all right. So like where to like like how do we. How can we rectify this? Like, these are all like big questions I don't have the answer to. And I'm right, not going to say that I do, but it's just like, you know, it's just like, it, it's like rap is complicated and we love it. And I want people to be able to express themselves how they feel like they need to express themselves without dying over a dice game. You know, like it's, it's, it's just, this shit sucks. <laughs> it really hurts. <laughs> dying over a plate of chicken and waffles, you know? Right. Dying over dying over cookies. Dolph got shot while he was leaving a fucking cookie store, son. Like, I can't. Yeah, I can't. Who's hurt. buying cookies for, like, his grandma or some shit? Like, 
like, like what do you say to that <laughs> you know like yeah uh, man but um but but anyway what's your what, what what's your favorite season at Abbott Elementary do you like the second one or the first one <laughs> <laughs> like to less heavy less heavy <laughs> um I'm really liking what I'm saying this season uh you know I, I love a good um are they gonna kiss are they gonna you know yeah. hang out you know <laughs> I love that the tension the little cute tension there um so I'm I'm really messing with the second season because I you know I I is it over it's not over yet is it nah yeah, yeah um, I, mean, um, I, I don't know if I want to say it's better because it's just good it you know it's right. just you know that I think the actors are had really good chemistry first season and you're seeing it more second season so uh yeah I'm gonna say second season right yeah no nah, it's 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 all it, like I love the way you put it like it's just good you know like I just yeah. like there was nothing really wrong with the first one and it's just, just kind of like more of the same and they're just like building more you get to see more of the characters lives and just like I uh yeah I'm just and and, uh, and on top of that I think we're I think we're getting double the amount of episodes this season I think they got like 13 last season and we're getting like maybe somewhere between like 24 and 28 new episodes like they I'd they love to think in. that they re- renegotiated with ABC or you know that Emmy brings that price up fat Joe oh, you know yeah no nah, absolutely like no 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 I know I know I know Quinta was ready like nah like we need we need this this and this <laughs> like, like you know like and um she and you know like before we move on like seeing her really like take up for uh seeing her take up for the public school system like across the country like with the with with um you know, like her, um, she named Abbott Elementary after her favorite third grade teacher, yeah. I think. And like, and, 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 you know, like whenever she gets like big um, sponsorship deals or whatever, she does like a lot of stuff for schools, like in school right. activities, yes. and, you know, like she's like, yes. you know, like she's, she's like really putting her money where her mouth is with yes. the show. So like, it's like, it's not just a great show that like puts a spotlight on something that's really important to so many people. She's like actively like working with schools, you know, like yeah. you can't, you can't put a price on that shit. Like. Until you can, you know. Yeah. And, and you know what? That's really dope because you're not really exploiting stuff just because you're making art about it. But when you actually give money back to the cause, it's like it makes it even more, you know, like, oh, wow, this is insane. And before we move on from Abbott Elementary, because we could continue to talk about this, but right. shout out to Maker, my homie Maker, who is a, a, a crazy producer. He's been in the Chicago scene for decades. Um, he did the he did the theme song to Abbott Elementary. Oh, okay. Cause I've been because I love it and I've been wondering like like I shazammed it a couple of times and I wasn't able to find it. So I'm like, who is Maker? You know, yeah, like, make, like I, you 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 familiar with like Quellen Maker from from back in the day? That, that maker. That oh, maker. Oh shit. It's damn. nuts, right? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, nah. That's beautiful. I didn't. I, yeah, yeah. I also had no idea he was from Chicago. That's dope. He's from like Aurora, but Chicago claims him. It ain't no thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Aurora, Colorado, or is there an Aurora, Aurora Illinois? Okay, yeah. Yeah, but it's like a western suburb. It's not that far, and it's where Wayne's World was. Uh, <laughs> that's what Aurora has. So yeah, got you. Okay. okay. Yeah, because it's like it's really like a hop, skip, and a jump from Chicago. So we claim him. It's not you know. It's not like we don't claim Maker, but right yeah no, you, you know you know I totally get it it's you, you know you know like it's like the difference between like somebody being from like I'm in Jersey it's like somebody being from Newark versus yeah. like 
like versus being from like I'm like I live in I live in a place called Clifton like I'm near Newark I'm near Patterson but I'm not like from Patterson I don't live in Patterson or live in Newark I live in Clifton so right. I get it like <laughs> for sure um so for you uh what's the first movie experience you can remember having like it could be at the theater it could be at your cousin house wherever like the first one that comes to your mind I forget what Muppets but I went to go see the Muppets as like a five or six year old with my aunt Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to miss anything. So I peed my pants just in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> and my aunt, at the end of it, she complimented me. She was like, you're, you're such a big girl. You didn't have to use a bathroom or anything. I was like, oh, yeah, I use the bathroom. <laughs> drip, drip, drip. <laughs> <laughs> and she was just like, what? What the hell? I was just like, hey, I didn't want to miss movie. It was way too good. You know, Kermit was in his bag. <laughs> Yeah, so that I was one love- of the first that was one of the first movie experiences because I got in big trouble for that man <laughs> it was I mean, it, I, yeah I mean the Muppets are great like yeah, I, the Muppets like are I, worth it. I probably would have done the same thing honestly <laughs> like especially if it was uh, I'm trying to think of which what my favorite Muppet movie is I love um uh I want to say the first one in Muppets Take Manhattan are probably my two favorites if I had to pick so um I don't know which yeah, one of them might be my pants over, but that's classics. Yeah, for real. Like, and whichever one had um rainbow connection in it, because you know it's it's, it's rainbow yes. connection. <laughs> it is. It, this was the uh, just so we can be accurate. The movie, yeah, it was Muppets Take Manhattan, and I was four, so it's a little bit even better. I was four year old peeing in the Man. theater seat. So, yeah, like it, it's it's <laughs> that's so crazy. I just like. Yeah, because I remember, uh, like the fir- like the first new Muppet movie I got to see in the theater was the one they put out in twenty eleven with um yeah uh Jermaine Clement from uh Flight of the Concords and yeah, like yeah. I was, you know, like I grew up off the Muppets, so like I just loved. I, I was in college at the time, and I was like, I want to go see a Muppet movie in the theater, and it was great. Like I was like bawling while they were singing the songs, and just like <laughs> it was, it was, it it like that like there's just something so there's something so magic about just like the whole Muppet thing, like just like the yeah. whole aesthetic and just like- Jim Henson did that, man. Rest in peace, Jim Henson. But he- Yeah, man. The great mind and 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 the people that he brought in to basically revolutionize animatronics and, and, and special effects. I mean, creating these worlds, like this world building and it's just vast and it's great and it and it's timeless i mean it's it's legendary man like i was um there's there's this really great five-part um youtube series about jim henson's life and career on this channel called defunct land that i love and like and like they covered everything from his time and like he um he worked in a public access tv in dc and like they talked about like how like he created the um he had created a handful of characters and then that eventually led to the muppets and how like he met like frank oz and his wife and how they all kind of like helped yeah. to build out the Jim Henson studio and of course the Muppets and then Fraggle Rock and Muppet Babies and the Dark Crystal and all the movies. And it's just like this Dang. really like, like, like I highly, highly recommend it. If anybody's a fan of the Muppets, like go, um, um, it's a, it's like a whole, they did a whole thing on Jim Henson. It's really, really like, like the whole last episode is about his funeral. And like, they had like, mm-hmm. like, I didn't like, like they had somebody they had Big Bird's actor come in in costume and he sang It Ain't Easy Being Green in like a green bow tie and they have the video. It's, it, and, and then, oh, that shit wrecked me. <laughs> no, right, was, I can was, cry right now. 
<laughs> yeah, man. I, yeah, I don't know. Like the Muppets were just like really, really special. Like it was one of the first times I like recognized something kind of being meta and like acknowledging that like they acknowledge that they're puppets and they acknowledge that they're on a show and everything's lampshaded and everything's kind of goofy and like that was my first exposure to that kind of humor as a kid and like it really yeah. stuck with me because like I kind of I'm still like that now so like <laughs> yeah the, the Muppets mean a lot to me <laughs> same um I was just watching I feel like last week I had my aunt over and we were just kicking it we we're just watching tv she wanted to watch uh the masked singer which is <laughs> kind of cr- crazy meta if you really think about it um, it is yeah um but they had Miss Piggy and Kermit as judges and a, and a, like a co-host with Nick Cannon. Seeing Kermit with Nick Cannon, that's a whole other conversation. But right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it worked, and it was like they say they were singing, and like P- Miss Piggy had her diva jokes, and like nothing felt forced or old school or awkward. I was just like, man. Miss Piggy hasn't aged a day. You know what I mean? Like these jokes <laughs> still hitting. It, it's iconic. Man, good for them. I stopped. I stopped watching the Masked Singer around the time they had Rudy, Rudy Giuliani on, and I've been meaning to come <laughs> back. Like, like they yeah, like he took why. his head. He took his head off, and I think Ken Jong like walked off the set when that happened. Like it was, it was, it was a moment. It, it, but like, but like I remember when T Pain won the Masked Singer, and like he had just put out that One Up album, which people people slept on that T Pain album. That One Up album is so good. He's yeah. T-Pain's I blame Jay Z for that. Hey, yeah, no, we, you, we, Hove. we could all blame Jay Z for that. He he blamed Jay Z for that up until uh, that Netflix documentary. So like yeah. you know, <laughs> um, but you know like he's yeah. T Pain's a whole other conversation. Shout out to T Pain, I love him. But yeah, like yeah. the Mass Singer is just like it's it's one of those things you could just like pop into and just like watch. It's like oh it's oh it's Busta Rhymes. Like oh it's like um like like i think uh who else they had like a bunch of just a lot of people i can't remember who else is yeah. like on the show but yeah yeah i don't um, watch it i don't i don't wa- i've seen episodes but my aunt was like let's watch it and then i was like oh miss piggy and kermit i'm in i'll do it yeah that's cute and, they, and jerry <laughs> springer was no spoilers sorry guys if anyone right. watches this but jerry springer was a bad singer it was very odd i was like what is going on Right. I saw I saw I saw that on Twitter and I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> what a guy. And then they all the, the when he took his mask off, you know, everybody was like going, Jerry, Jerry. I was like, what? of course, my brain was literally like exploding into like a million pieces. Like it's just my pop culture brain was just like I was like, what is this lady got me watching right now? It's Miss Piggy and Jerry Springer and Nicole Scherzinger <laughs> from. <laughs> like right. a lot going on nick cannon of, of all people it's just like come on it's a lot right yeah no nah, it's just like you got to give your brain a break yeah just like i spent so many sick days as a kid watching jerry springer on tv when i had nothing else to do and like jerry springer and maury and all that shit the yeah the great that's great <laughs> yeah. television hey man <laughs> um so like as you got a little older like moving m- moving on from peeing your pants at the muppets yes of like course. was there was there a, was there a, um was there a movie that kind of made you like fall in love with uh just like movies in and of themselves like it could be in like an artful way it could be in just like a just something that made you like recognize movies as something more than just entertainment 
I mean, I was big into never ending story. That was like a whole thing in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. E.T. was a big thing. Um, I was really into like, um, you know, once I got really involved in like a story, I would really get like into it. Um, I can think of I just run off a list of movies that I know kind of changed me as a kid and like a young adult. And I just. I just ran those movies up, you know, um, mm-hmm. Forrest Gump, uh, three o'clock high, um, I just one of the guys, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> space balls, which my friend of mine, I'm actually um, with them right now. They have, um, they have space balls on VHS. And I was like, <laughs> we should run that. But I'm like, we should probably play a drinking game about like the jokes that wouldn't be good now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like some of, these, <laughs> some of these movies be like, oh, I love that as a kid. You put it in, you'd be like, yo, this is problematic as fuck. Yo, that's so crazy. You mentioned that because um, uh, I saw a TikTok maybe yesterday where like somebody was uh, they were making like one of those like, oh, here's this older movie you might not have seen. And it was on uh, Be Kind Rewind. Oh, on the Jack okay, Black yeah. and Most Deaf movie. Yeah. And and you make it to the very end and like you think they're being serious. Or I'm mean, like they are being serious, but there's but they remember and they show you that there's a scene with Jack Black and Blackface doing um because oh, like you know, you know, like the whole the, the, um, um for anybody who hasn't seen Be Kind Rewind, it's like he comes into the store magnetized and wipes all the all the VHSs and they recreate the movies and the community right. loves it and people are like asking for their versions. And I don't remember what movie it was, but there's a bit where Jack Black is in blackface recreating some movie and it's just like, oh, oh, oh nope, never mind, don't forget. That. <laughs> like, like, Jack they, Black like they like so <laughs> not Jack. Oh, I didn't even think about Jack Blackface. Damn. Like, next, like that's a Halloween next year. Keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, nah. He was he was just in that weird owl movie that just came out that I wish I liked more. But um he's great in it. He's um he's funny enough, Wolfman Jack, the radio person on on the radio guy. But um, but I say all that to say I get it. Just just you know, like watching watching stuff you loved as a kid and then just being like, oh yeah, like that's kind of sexist that's racist that's fucked up you know like yeah. it's uh, like i'd be doing that a lot it's a lot <laughs> so. of transphobia like the jokes the uh-huh. hanging jokes like uh, with trans people it's just like we yeah. didn't even have to go here like what is this like y'all was running out of jokes or something yeah, but um man. i remember my bisexuality brain was really bubbling when i was really into bram stoker's dracula uh-huh which is like it's a joke how good that movie is and how bad keanos uh performance was in that movie everybody was acting their ass off like right uh, anthony hopkins uh winona Ryder, everybody gary oldman like uh-huh. just giving just getting you giving you iconic performances and keanu stiff ass just like don't <laughs> bite me it was it's great i love that movie but that that was one of the movies where i was like am i watching this because i feel like everyone is hot in this movie like what is going on with me you know like yeah. There was a lot of boob in that movie, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, no, nah, there's a there's a lot of everything in that movie, and um, <laughs> it's it's like it's it's funny because you're not the only person I know who um who had that experience of Bram Stoker's yeah. Dracula, like, and um, I haven't seen it in years, and it's weird because like I don't really um, you know, like I don't remember Keanu being terrible in that because he's oh, not he's because awesome. because he. Because he he's he's great at most everything he does so it's weird to hear that he's just like 
not good in this. <laughs> and he's not like the best actor. He just chooses good roles for him, I think. He's yeah. been very blessed to choose roles that he can fulfill. But he, I feel like he's a pretty, he's a stiff dude as far as his performances. Um, yeah. You know, even if you look at like the Matrix, like Neo is, you know, he's like stiff and serious, you know, like yeah. piano can fulfill that, you know. Especially in the new movie. Yeah. And, you know, just like, and it's like everyone's hot in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Like, it's just like, you, you know, like you don't even got to be bisexual to just like acknowledge like, yeah, like these are some good looking people in this movie. Like. Yeah. No. <laughs> and if you're weird and, and if you're a weird kid that's uh flirting with the bisexuality, oh, it's everything. It's just like, yo, this uh-huh. movie is this movie is magic. <laughs> just yeah, like... that, no, that shit is real. That shit is very, very, very real. <laughs> um um uh what was I gonna say? But yeah, were there any other movies in particular that you cause cause I didn't mean to cut you off if you were oh, going yeah, through your no, list? I, we're just vibing. I mean, my my mom is really into movies um shout out elaine she still actually to this day does a uh, freelance film reviews so Aww. grew up in a house where like my mom was always like going to the movies love going to the theater but like we did a lot of you know um did a lot of black movies uh right. coolie high was big like mm-hmm. huge in my house um but then you know in the 90s when i was like becoming like a you know young younger younger adult I mean, I remember House Party 2. I actually talk about House Party 2 in my book because it was like so impactful to me. Um, what else? Um, you know, Malcolm X, the, the Denzel performance was big because uh, right. just the the historic, you know, the, the period pieces, but, but for Black people was uh-huh. big because it was like oh we didn't see this era so much you know um right. so yeah that and then of course like boys in the hood was big menace to society was menace, like yeah. everything you know still still be like i got some double cheeseburgers you know what i'm saying still, <laughs> still will quote double no burger with cheese yeah yeah <laughs> so, um, um yeah, yeah so yeah all that all that yeah, I feel you. Um, 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 especially when it comes to like the black film shit, because like my dad is really big into that. Like he um he like he um he was born in 1945, so he's in mm-hmm. so he's pushing 80 at this point. So like he like he would like go out of his way when he was uh when we were growing up to like find uh, a whole bunch of older black film on DVD, like uh, Stormy Weather and Carmen yeah. Jones and just like yeah. all that shit. So like he was like he was like drilling that shit into our heads from a very young age and you know like then and, and, and then of course um he had a he had a he had pretty much every spike lee movie from i want to say school days until bamboozled but like he never opened them he just bought the dvds mm. and never opened them so okay. like so like i just found all of those on my own and just like so like i ran through do the right thing and jungle fever and school days and like i watched every spike movie i could Cause like that run was, that run was incredible. You know, like spikes mm-hmm. made some spikes, made some garbage over the course of the yeah, last 15 years, stinkers, but yeah, but, he's got enough iconic, just completely legendary movies under his belt. So yeah, man. So just, you know, like I get that, like, you know, and then like, I get how important like kind of like fostering that in like young black children is. Cause like he went out of his way to do that for us. And I'm so grateful for that, especially as someone who's a huge, movie person you know and like i had no i had no idea your mother like wrote did 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 film review that that's so tight yeah yeah. 
how long has she been doing that? Has that been a thing like forever? Forever. She's been doing it forever. Like, um, not as long as she's been a journalist, but she's uh, she's been doing it for at least the past like 10 years, you know, at least. And I'm being I'm being like probably a little bit like too modest on it. She's probably been doing it more like 15 years. God damn. Wow. Like that's a, you know, like as someone who used to be a full time film, uh, film critic and film journalist, like that's like I'm always interested in like where people start with that because it's such a it's a, you know, just like culture writing in general, like as you know, because I I read your Spino review, by the way, it was really, really good. Oh, Um, thank you. I'm going to link it. I'm gonna link it at the bottom because it's 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 very short and very good. Um, but not nah, like you know you, you know just like culture writing is such a like just like every aspect of like whether it's about music or movies or politics or all of that stuff. It's just like your mind just kind of wanders sometimes, and like it's you know like there are a lot of people who stick to one thing over the course of their entire career. But I know so many people who've like gone from music to film or like gone from music to politics or politics to music or yeah. like they incorporate it all into everything they do. It's just like politics really... to music is crazy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> music to politics. I see it like more and more, you know, but cause I, yeah. that, that actually doesn't seem so far fetched, you know, but politics mm-hmm. to music is crazy. Hey, no man, offense you know? to anyone who's done that. Like, I'm not saying crazy, like in a bad way. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's just different, you know. Yeah, like it's, sure. it's, it's 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 just like a different kind of writing. Uh, you got to have a different kind of eye, you know. Like it's 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 it it's a whole thing. But I just had no idea your mother was a journalist, let alone a film journalist. So that's really interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, she is. Um, so I've always been around, you know, around. Um, Cause I'm an only child. My mom, I grew up, you know, my mom's a single mom. So it was us very much, you know, right. together forever, you know? <laughs> um, so a yeah. lot of, a lot of, a lot of great movies, just a lot of great movies. I got to, you know, see coming and like, even like art house films, like, I mean, it got bigger over the years, but like Baghdad Cafe, I remember my mom taking, making me go see certain films and in like indie, yeah. you know, at, at indie theaters and stuff like that, because it was just important for her to let me see like mainstream stuff, but also like here's independent stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, um, yeah, that's really important. And, um, you know, I mean, like, I know, I know, I know there's quite a few, I know there's quite a few indie uh, um, indie theaters out there in Chicago and there's a couple out here near me as well. And just like, mm-hmm. you know, just like having access to that stuff is like, like it's a little easier now because like streaming makes everything much more accessible, but like, sure. but, 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 you know, like back in the days, like before Netflix and stuff like that, like if you didn't have, if you didn't have like an indie theater, like most places don't have indie movie theaters That's and y- you know, you know, like you would, you know, like you might get lucky if you go to like an AMC and they might have like one or two of like the big indie movies. Sure, you know, like yeah. that's how, un- you know, like unless you had access to like a major metropolitan city or you had an indie theater in your backyard, like you weren't really seeing that shit. You know, like you would watch the Oscars and be like, what's uh, you'd be like, what's Little Miss Sunshine? Like, I never heard of yeah. that, you know, like yeah. and, and that's just that, that just is what it is. So like, you know, just like having having access to that shit is something that I've uh. I really kind of treasure now. Like I tr- like like I feel like I might have even taken it for granted because um, there is this. Um, I grew up in a town called Montclair, and mm-hmm. it has a, it has a theater called the Claridge, 
um, used to go there and catch a whole bunch of like the coolest indie movies out. And but one that I always come back to was um, when the Tribe Called Quest documentary came out, the one that um, the, the one that my, <laughs> I, I, I don't like Michael Rappaport, but he made the movie. This is <laughs> yeah, before I kind of. This is this is before I knew everything about him, but like I love Tribe. So like me and uh, it's like me and my homie Spencer. Shout out to Spence. Um, we went to go see the Tribe documentary, and then we just like walked home and just like talked about it. And you know, like just like having, you know, just like having that experience. Like I wouldn't have had that experience if I didn't live in an area like that or like live near New York. You know, so like yeah, that absolutely. like that just that just really yeah it's it, it, like just moments like that were really special to me and like are still special to me yeah absolutely and and then you know I I grew up in the you know the DVD but even before that the the VHS era and I, I do remember like that. when kids came out having like one friend had the VHS tape <laughs> of kids and it got passed around. Same with like Gummo, you know? We did the same um, thing with the DVDs. Yeah, now the Harmony, Corinne, Larry Clark, all, 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 all their movies. Yeah, and, like, you know, just <laughs> yeah. like, it was good. It, it was good. I'm, 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 it's, it's cool that like, um, you can go on like Amazon Prime and see a lot of indie movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like even more than Netflix. Um, definitely but you know nothing can really you know uh equal that sort of you know that physical exchange that going to the theater that like you know giving your friend a a tape or or a dvd like watch this you know yeah that shit really means everything to me i pass i pass criterion collection dvds between friends these days and it's just like (laughs) it just feels good you know like outside of the fact that just like owning the physical means that like they can't just like take it away from you when they want to. But right. like, I just, I, like you said, I just love the, I love the physical act of like, peep this, check this CD, check this DVD, check this, whatever, you know, like I just, yeah. Like that's something that I hope it, it's never, it hasn't gone away, but it's like, it's kind of like, I feel like it's kind of coming back in a very small way right now, yeah, especially when it comes to collecting. Music. Yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a collector. I, I'm, I'm a creature of habit that way. So, yeah. Also, I think people are realizing, like you said, we're leasing when we, you know, pay these apps that are little money a month. That we're leasing these titles. You know, if they, if the, the, if the app goes down or something gets censored, crazy, or you know, just they cease to, ha- you know, exist and where where are all our beloved movies so i think a lot of times people there are certain things you want to have you know just in case you get trapped on that island with electricity that you can watch you know that one movie over and over again you know yeah nah that that, that that's too real like and yeah like you said it like we're leasing these things like you know like it's it, it's like whether it's music or movies like you know like you're you know like you don't own that album you're listening to on spotify like you know like At you're all. like you, you know like you're paying spotify to access the album that i mean they don't own the album obviously but like they're the, the you know like they're like the they're the middleman it's the database and, yeah yeah it's a database and just like mm-hmm. i uh you know like we you know like it got to a point where it's unavoidable at this it's it, it, it's it's very much unavoidable but you know like i try to you know, like if I like stuff enough, I try to buy physicals or if I can't buy a physical, I buy a digital, you know, like if I really like something, you know, like that's kind of what it means to me now. It's just like, it goes beyond just like, it goes beyond just like, oh, I like this thing. It's like, if I buy your shit, 
like i really like your shit yeah yeah which is why it feels more special you know (laughs) than than it did before it wasn't like oh like let me go buy seven cds like it's just like okay like i'm I'm, I'm, I'm gonna grab these two because they really mean a lot to me like it really shows you what sticks you know and 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 i appreciate it for that because like the perspective is always always tight of course yeah well a long way from the columbia house you know a hundred CDs for a dollar and the <laughs> yeah. Napster, the Napster era where, you know, we're like, this is free, you know? Yeah. So, right. You're fucking downloading like 300 gigs of music over the course of a week and you just walk in. Yeah. Just like, just, <laughs> just let it go. Yeah. Let it be. Yeah. Right. <laughs> See, seeing people. I remember seeing people in high school, they would like walk around with like, with like hard drives and be like, yeah, I got like 250 gigs of music on here. It's just like, you know, like I like, like I got introduced to so many artists that way, like not even just new people. Like I remember I downloaded Prince's entire discography just because I could, you know, like right. it was like at that point where you would just like download it. You, you would like find all these classics and just like get them just because like, oh, like I got all this space might as well, you know, yeah. like Pirate Pirate Bay and Napster and Kazaa and all those things just really. And LimeWire, like who could forget LimeWire, you know, like held everybody down and that, yeah. you know, yeah. Um. But for you, like, when did, well, I mean, I'm sure music has been a huge part of your life for a very long time, but like when, you know, like when did, when did music first come into your life? And like, when did you kind of start to recognize it as something more than just pretty sounds? Uh, I I can remember, sounds nuts, but I, I mean, my partner actually told me that I still do this sometimes. Um, and my mom told me I used to do it. Like when I was like five or six, I would start like waking up out of my sleep when it was like a uh, a song that really resonated with me. Like uh, one time when I was five, a Stevie Wonder song. Um, I forget which one, but it might've been Knocks Me Off My Feet. It's one of those, you know, really incredible ones, which is most of them, but yeah, um, you know, I would kind of rustle out of my sleep um because it was just like so moving to me would cry over music as a child just it's so beautiful and it's, it's very very like mm-hmm. silly but yeah I, I can't remember a time when music wasn't a huge part of my life um growing up like my mom of course with films same with music listen to a lot of Motown a lot of soul funk R&B and then it was the 80s. So, you know, pop music was, you know, pop music was in its bag in, in the 80s. And uh-huh. we listened to a lot of that. And so and, and then I went to private school as a young kid. So we all, I was always in a band or in, you know, orchestra or in a choir or something. So music has never not been a part of my life. Um, I started making it when I was uh, like 15. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And like, you know, like when did uh when did you when did you first when did you first think that like when when did you first know that music was gonna become more than just a hobby for you? Cause like I feel like it starts out as a I mean, I mean, of course it starts out as a hobby for everybody who does it. Or not sure. everybody, but like most people. But like when did you first realize like, oh, like not nah, like I'm gonna do this, like not just for fun, like Yeah. Uh college. Um, I talk about it a lot in my book, but like we were, I was doing, um, I was doing a chemistry, I was a chemistry major and I used to actually go and make music to relax. Um, 
And I made so much music that we were like, let's maybe put this on a CD and see if people might buy it. Because, uh, right. you know, I'd done a couple ciphers. People tend to like my raps. So it was kind of <laughs> like, well, let's see if people pay $5 for eight songs, you know? And right. they did. And this was my, like, right before my senior year in college. And so I was like 19, 18, uh, no, no, tw- around 20, 21. Um, that was when I was like, as soon as somebody buys, you know, as soon as somebody buys your music from you, now you're in the music business. Right, basically. How yeah. many, this is such an arbitrary question, but I'm so curious. You remember how many, you remember how many copies of your CD you pressed? 50 and I and and my goal was to sell 50 in a week and I was like if I sell 50 in a week I am I am the best rapper that has ever lived you know (laughs) and I did like that last one I remember I had sold 49 and I was just like no I'm gonna get this last one off and get this goal and it was like a homie of mine who we did like chemistry study groups with and she was like oh you you make music like I'd buy one. I was like, I'm gonna come meet you right now. So I was like, I went to her, delivered it to her, to her dorm and was like, thank you. And it was dope. And that, that was like, when I realized, like, I didn't think like, oh, this is going to be my profession or my career, but it it was something where I was like, damn, like I just sold my music. That's nuts. I'm going to keep making music and see what happens. Right. You know, like that, you know, like, that's like, that's like the basis form of validation, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, and, you know, of course you were studying, you were studying chemistry in school. Like, what was it, like, what was it about, like, why chemistry? Like, what, why was, why, why was that the path you had initially chosen? Cause I don't think I know too much about that. I love science um, just as a whole, but in, in high school, um, I went to Whitney Young, which was like a really competitive high school in Chicago. And I took biology my freshman year and I really didn't like it, but I knew I liked science. And it was my, my biology teacher was pretty intuitive. She was just basically like, you have a good, um, like mindset. I see the way you learn and, but I see you're not really putting your all into biology. You might want to try chemistry. And she just pretty much referred me to taking chemistry the next semester. And I fell in love with it. And it just became, it's just fascinating to me. And it, it really is, it's the building blocks of matter. It's like what everything is made of. So with chemistry, you're just breaking down everything in our world down to a chemical formula or yeah. their chemical and physical properties. And I really like know, I really like knowing what is, you know, sort of the nuts and bolts of something. Uh, so for me, doing chemistry is like really equivalent to like cooking or making a rap. Yeah or anything that really you take something and something small or tiny and make it into something completely different, you know, or you build on top of something to make something better. Um, That's always been just like, kind of like the base fascination for me. Right. That's fire. Yeah. Because like so many people don't realize that like, that like baking, especially baking is literally chemistry. That's it. Yeah. You know, (laughs) yeah, it is. It's it just is. like, you know, just like how applicable that, you know, like, it's not like, uh, you know, how like when you like graduate high school or like you make it out of college and you're like a couple of years out and it's like, oh, I never use trigonometry. Right. You know, like, it's not right. like, it's not like trigonometry or calculus, like, you know, like chemistry is like, 
it's like you said, it's like the, it's, it's like the chemical makeup of everything around you. And it's like how stuff gets made. And that's like, you know, like I'm no expert, but that's, it, it's always infinitely fascinating to me. Like I watch shit like, uh, like, like there are times where I'll just like watch a couple hours of like how it's made just to like yeah. see how like how like food or like erasers or like whatever the fuck gets made like yeah. that shit is really fucking cool to me um yeah. just on like a base like how did this come together but you know like it's it's even deeper for you just considering that you're like a full-blown chemist for real like you know like that's, that's... yeah I got Walter White on my hey wow that's a nice tattoo too <laughs> thank you, you yeah no. Nah um that's hard i love um i've been meaning to rewatch breaking bad because it's been a long time i can uh, i only watch the wire this is terrible they might take a little piece of my black card away but i only watch (laughs) the wire in its entirety so i could debate which is better breaking bad or the wire because breaking bad was my shit and and i and i watched um i had seen the first season of the wire and the last season of The Wire. And I always thought it was dope, but I never watched it in it, in its entirety. But I would always see these debates on Twitter, like, what's the best show, Breaking Bad or The Wire? And I'm like, I want to argue. I want to argue. So um, last year I watched it. Wire's great. The Wire's great. But yeah, Breaking Bad is... The chemistry's correct. The only thing that's different that's not correct with the chemistry in Breaking Bad is if you had pure meth, it wouldn't be blue. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I always wondered. I always wondered why the meth was blue. <laughs> yeah. That's fun, but it's just like. It's fun. It, yeah. yeah. But everything else, like, all that other chemistry that they do in that show is absolutely like, it's correct. They had like real chemists on set making sure that like, you know, the, the things that they said and the things that they did were accurate. And that's just that's something so- that my little nerd ass was like, oh, this is the greatest show ever made, you know? That's gas. One of my favorite scenes in the whole show is when uh is when Walt first when when he first embraces the Heisenberg identity and he shows up to Tuco's crib in the middle of the city and he throws and he throws the chemical at the ground and it explodes yeah. the apartment like that yeah. like like I forget what that element is called but just like seeing that I was just like whoa like just like yeah the, it was great you know like just like a really nice mix of uh you know just like just like just like just like action 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 adrenaline thriller shit with just like oh like that's what would happen if you threw like it's not potassium but like it's like oh like you threw potassium at the ground like yeah i know potassium is like very volatile and if you put it in water it'll explode but like it is it is yeah but like what the but like i can't remember what the specific thing it it was but it was like it it, it looked like mica or something it was really i forgot what it is too but it was it was just a, a tiny bit and that is true like science can be quite dangerous i mean and that's the thing it's like with baking um you get something wrong and it'll just taste shitty. But in a situation like that, you know, you throw something on the floor that no need to be on the floor. Now the floor is gone, you know, now we've exploded. Right. Something, so, And I saw that happen in college. Uh, we had all the acids, all the, all the big boy acids, like hydrosol, uh, sulfuric acid, and we had hydrochloric acid. And it was like a, a spigot with like a little drip under this hood mm. um, to protect everyone. And one day, one of uh, one of the students didn't turn the, the drip off all the way. So hydrochloric acid was dripping overnight and ate the floor, ate the floor. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> yo, this is nuts. I love chemicals. Yo, fucking, that reminds me of another scene in this, I'm, I'm in the second episode after um 
uh, after they kill uh, Crazy Eight and the other guy. And Jesse's trying to dissolve their bodies in yes. the tub, and <laughs> yeah. and he mess and, and and he messes up the different acids. I think I think he uses sulfuric acid instead of hydrochloric acid, and it and it dissolves the tub, and just like their guts yeah. just fall. That shit was so crazy. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "You needed to put it in the tub, Jesse." Like, yeah, yeah all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh shit, I forgot to ask. Um, another question I usually ask everybody is like. You know, like as you're growing up and kind of experiencing film and music in this particular way, especially considering how close you were to both, um, like was there ever a point where you consciously linked the two together in your brain? Like as just like just kind of like seeing that how they complement each other. Like, did that ever happen? I mean, soundtracks. A Prince Purple Rain was pro- would probably yeah. be the first time where, and that's and that's a really huge example, right? But you know, right. I was a kid when this came out. And it it really stopped the world. And, you know, Prince had already had a bunch of hits. But the fact that he was, you know, writing, directing, starring in this movie and yeah. it, it, it has all his music. And, you know, it, you know, and then also me living in Minneapolis, putting those pieces together, too, and even being able to yeah. play at First Avenue, things like that is just like that was like one of the first time where you could see like how big an artist could be with like some multimedia shit, but also like doing the soundtrack to your own movie is. <laughs> that shit is so hard. Like, yeah, what, what, like, like what? what do you mean? You know, like, that's like. <laughs> I'm gonna do the music too. And I'm gonna <laughs> act in it. Like what? <laughs> yeah, no, that's like, yeah. That's like when, um, you ever see Antoine Fisher, the yeah. Denzel movie, mm-hmm. um, As- you, you know, Antoine Fisher actually, like the real Antoine Fisher wrote the screenplay for that movie. Yes. Yeah. Like, which like, is always. That's that's hilarious to me. Like I love that. I can't like I can't think of a I can't think of any other like I know there are other people who've like scored their own movies, but like I can't remember I I can't remember who else, but like Prince is, you know, he was Prince and like especially considering that you were living in Minneapolis. When did you when did you first move from Minneapolis to Chicago or, or um, um to Minneapolis from Chicago? There we go. Um 20 2017 is when I okay. kind of started putting roots down and decided to stay for, for a longer time. Um, basically, get, you know, get an apartment. <laughs> like, I guess we're saying. Um, but yeah, 2017. Got you. Um, now, <laughs> sorry, to, so, sorry to run back again, but like I was no, looking through, I was, lo- I, I was looking through your discog and um, I don't, I mean, like, we were just talking about you selling your first album. Was the first album you sold Biochemistry in 2002? Was that the one no, you were selling was, or not? Okay. No, it was called uh, Whippersnapper. Ah, that's even better. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, my first project was um, eight tracks. Yeah, it was called Whippersnapper. That's crazy. My little baby, I had like my little uh, baby footprints on it. Just like, yeah, look, it's my first album type shit. So yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So like, so you know, like you make it you you make it to the point where you start making biochemistry, which I think is around like t- the early two thousand. I think it came out in two thousand two, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, so like, talk to me about biochemistry and like putting that together and like what it was like. Kind of, I don't want to call it like your first big album, but like it seems like it's a pretty important step in your journey. So like, what was it like making that record and kind of really stepping into yourself as like a you know, it's just like the I'm a I'm a rapper, like even more. Yeah, it was a it was a big deal because we did eight tracks on Whippersnapper. We sold those 50. 
So we just kept making music and my homie, Manny, who did, who did the first album, who basically recorded me, we would just get together. I, it's like, I didn't love all his beats yet, but I loved his engineering and I loved his ear. And I also loved the way he arranged things. So I would come and just choose samples. Um, so, you know, putting together those samples, um, writing the songs like putting it putting it together that was a that was a big deal that was a big deal for me it took you know kind of like another another few months but then it, it kind of was serendipitous because my homie Manny his parents like liked what he was doing with me so much they mm-hmm. they gave him money to press it up so oh, we were wow. able to press up that first biochemistry um with like shrink wrapping and barcoding so it just I just look like hella official so coming back to Chicago with a shrink wrapped and barcoded album um that I could sell in stores and uh coming back to the Chicago scene with that that was a big deal like people were people were like who is this bitch and why is she so official but um it was very important it was a very important piece of music for for me and it it kind of jump-started all the like all the press and the, the the bigger looks as far as bigger in my world, you know? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there, you know, like there have been a lot of those and like tons of ups and downs with all of that. And just like, before we get to that, like one of the things I've always just loved about your music is just like, you do, you cover so much ground because like so many people <laughs> know you as a rapper and like you, you know, you are that, but like you've made punk before you've done like, you've worked with so many different groups and under so many different names and so many different producers and just like, you know, like you kind of like, you're kind of boundless in that way. And I've always kind of loved that uh, adventurousness and like that. uh, Yeah. I guess just, 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 just like, just like that wanderlust that kind of comes from what you do. So just cause I'm curious, like, is there, I mean, like, I'm sure this kind of feels like an obvious question, but like, do you, uh, what, like 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 when you're making like when you're making rap music are you inspired by yeah this this is such an obvious question are you inspired by other other kinds of music when you're making specific kinds of music (laughs) yeah I mean it just depends on I'm really big into the edit these days so yeah um I try to really figure out where what points I want to make and where I want to go before I really get too far into the into the 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 lyric writing um I try not to be too um inspired by you know others when I write but I do keep folks in mind like the simplicity of complex ideas um that Stevie Wonder does um I find that no matter what I talk about I end up covering a bunch of ground, even if I'm talking about love or I'm talking about, you know, organizing or something like that. Like I still end up saying a couple things always. And it's usually like, fuck the government or something like that. But, um, or, or, you know, wink, wink, I'm queer, you know, like I definitely have a thread of saying these things all the time in my music, but yeah, I I keep good writers in mind. Um, But as far as, as far as the music, I let the, you know, usually if I'm doing like the the rap stuff, just raps and beats, I kind of think about what haven't I talked about yet? Cause I just, mm. I, I've been doing this a long time. I don't 
always want to talk about the same thing. So that's kind of where I'm going these days. Like, what haven't I talked about? And um, how do we keep complex ideas simple? So it's fully understandable and relatable to my audience. Yeah, that 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 idea that you know you know you know just like yeah just like making making the complex simple is something that I admire in a lot of my favorite rappers, mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, like my favorite musicians, but like rappers specifically because rap sure. is such like a, because rap is such a word heavy a word heavy genre of music, and mm-hmm. like I think uh, I think I think that's one of the things that makes Big Perm so special, and just like. You know, like the, you, you know, like you kind of, you kind of dive into, you dive into so many things on on Big Perm, like whether it's whether it's you just kind of lashing out at people who hurt you, or you know, even just e- even just talking about something as innocuous as a pitchfork score, you know, <laughs> or like or, or 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 like or you know, like more like wink wink, I'm queer, but like not even the wink wink part at this yeah. point, you know, like <laughs> it, it, you're, you're 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 very much out and proud about that shit, and like. You know, I think like I think it's really cool. I think it's really cool and interesting and notable that you put out this specific album around the same time that the book came out, because they're both they both kind of like they're not they're not like directly related to one another, but like they're kind of like companion. I, I almost I haven't read the book yet, but like from what I've heard and what you've been saying, they almost feel like companion pieces in that way you know like one would you know like like they inform each other without directly being about each other so um before we dive back into the album i uh you know like i want to i want to talk about the book a bit because you know like you've 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 been through so much over the course like especially over the course of the last like 10 15 years you know everything happened with rhyme sayers and the boycott rhyme sayers movement and just like every there, there's a whole bunch of other things but like why was why was now the time to put a book like Her Word is Bond together? Like, why was it now? Why was now the time for you to talk about all this stuff? You know, this was a divine timing with the book. I had no, I had no control over when the book was coming out. Um, right. I started writing it in 2019. That's when I got the, uh, the, the deal with Haymarket. And then... In 2020, um, yeah, in, in late 2020, right around after the boycott, um, the person who bought me to Haymarket was embroiled in his own sort of scandal, mm. which allowed Haymarket and, and myself to talk about how to continue our relationship. That that person has since his imprint on Haymarket has been dissolved. So I got absorbed by the bigger publishing house which was amazing Mm. but it also allowed me an opportunity to restructure my book deal with them and also it gave me a a, a, the book was done without talking about a boycott rhyme sayers movement because it hadn't happened yet but when all that happened and we had to go back into the book itself and um I I was like I have to write about this this book isn't over yet so writing about my experience with that um finishing up the book, writing about my experiences with like domestic violence and all that kind of stuff. It was really intense. And um, I wrote a Medium article about my specific gripes with Rhyme Sayers because I felt like people didn't understand why I was going so hard. I remember that that piece. that, That piece was referenced in the book as well. So the timing of that, it was like, 
it, it just sucks that the dude that brought me to Haymarket had his own shit to deal with in that same realm, but it yeah. allowed me to go back into the book and, and really uh, update it with what was going on. And I feel like it made it better. Um, so because I, it got, it was often delayed all through 20, all through 2020 because of the pandemic. And then 2021 mm-hmm. people were starting to like pick things up again. Um, so finishing the book in 2021 but then it going through it go it goes through so many processes. It's like a, a initial edit, then a final edit, then a final, 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 final edit. You know, and like reading yeah. it over and over, and finding typos. Like in hundred thousand words, you got to find the typos and um, getting the cover. So all of these things um, were happening, and then we figured out, you know, June twenty first was going to be the the release date. And it just it just so happened that be like some divine timing because these topics aren't going away. And, you know, the Me Too movement, as it were, in hip hop, um, it's a it's a polarizing conversation. You know, my worst, darkest joke about hip hop is hip hop is a sex cult. And when you think about who who we know mm. kind of started hip hop, we give that to yeah. what he's been <laughs> accused of doing. It's like he's yeah. Christ, you know what I mean? Like you think yeah. about and you think about how um, how women are treated, how queer people are treated, and how That's a lot true. of a lot of uh, rap has grown out of it. But we still have a long way to go. Um, so I had no control over the the book's release date, but I did have control over Big Perm. And I was finishing Big Perm around the same time I was finishing the book. So that's kind of why, you know, some of those songs felt complimentary because the book was a triumph. And it also like Big Perm, I'll always have some anger in me. I mean, I'm a Black woman (laughs) in America, but I feel (laughs) like Big Perm doesn't sound so angry. It sounds assured and it sounds like, yeah, I'm still angry, but. I'm gonna laugh about it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I would, yeah, I would, I would never, I would, yeah, you know, like, I would never call Big Perm, like, I, like, I would never call an album like Big Perm angry, because it doesn't sound angry at all. I just mean just kind of in the sense of, like, you being honest with yourself, and just, like, really sure. not, um, just not shying away from the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know? Like, that's, that's kind of how I feel, like, yeah. both the, um both the album and the book are complimentary just like you it's you know like like it's you it's crystal you know yeah. like it, it's it's like <laughs> it's it, it's it's a uh, you know like you, you know like, you know, like we talk about the cliche of like the like oh this is like the personal album or like this is like right. the personal this is the tell-all this is the you know like it's 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 become it's become such a cliche at this point but yeah, no you one know, talks like... bad about themselves either in these tell-alls <laughs> either so you know? uh, yeah <laughs> I'll do it. I'll talk bad about myself, whatever. You know, I'm in therapy. I can handle it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, you you know, just like being honest with yourself is something that's really difficult. And it's something that, you know, like you, you know, you get the tools to do it as you get older and kind of embrace different things about your identity. Like, you know, like I've kind of, you know, like I'm more or less, I'm more or less like embracing like a queer identity on my own. Like I'm non-binary. So like, I, I, you know, like I'm just kind of, coming into that and kind of figuring out what that means for me Mm -hmm. and you know just like and and, and, you know just like being 
be, being a, being a nominally queer person who works in rap, you know, like, will like cover, you, you know, like it's something, it's something that I've always thought about, but I think about it more now as I get older and just really kind of sit and just like, you know, you really just think about like, damn, like we really condition ourselves to accept so much. And, and, you know, like everyone has their own personal thresholds when it comes sure. to hate speech and slurs and all that shit. But it's just like, you know, you think about it, whether you're queer, whether you're, whether you're like femme, whether you're anybody who isn't just like a straight person, basically, you just think like, damn, like we really have like, we, we just kind of condition ourselves to accept so much before we're just kind of like, okay, like maybe this person said one or two fucked up things, but it's okay. As long as this didn't happen, you know, like it's always just sure. like kind of setting up, setting up these like little parameters for yourselves. And, and, you know, like we all have our own, our mileage varies and everyone's uh, tolerance, I guess is like different, sure. but it's just like, you talk to people and you just kind of recognize like, oh, like, am I letting too much get away from me? Like, am I giving them, am I giving people, am I cutting people too much slack? Like, should oh, I care yeah. about this more? It's, it's just like, you know, like, I mean, that's just kind of like, the, per- I don't mean to yeah. cut you off. Sorry. Yeah. yeah no, 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 no. You're good. You're good. You're good. Um, we have to make our personal, you know, I guess choices, you know, with each, with each artist, you know, because, you know, you'll be jamming to something and you'll be like, oh, wait, this person is like a whole terrorist or a whole, yeah. you know, abuser. And, and you know, I, we talked about a lot with the, you know, the boycott rhyme sayers thing. It was just about, well, how much is too much? It's like when you know, uh, you know, it was specifically for the Minneapolis scene because it's so small and insular. It's like, you know, people right. have been personally affected by this stuff and y'all just don't, don't care. Y'all just want to be backstage you know like that's all you you know like you want a couple yeah. drink tickets you want to flick it up for for the gram but you know like 10 people this person is like fuck their lives up in some way you know and it's just like yeah. you don't care you know so it's like how do we how do we show up for community and uh how do we sacrifice certain things that we it is a sacrifice that we like someone's art but we know they're just like a horrible person. Like, where do you draw, where do you, where do you draw the line? You know? And uh, I think with women, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance with, 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 with queer people, with gay people too, because there are little things that are said. And it's just like, I mean, I, I said the F word in my first mainstream album, my first rhyme sayers album. It's something I had to unlearn being from just the battle scene. Um, yeah oh that, that, that's a whole other conversation Sorry, yeah and, <laughs> and and I use it and I and I rhyme it with um I like put a little sprinkle on the word and I rhyme it with pageantry and I just thought it was a funny bar didn't mean any homophobic anything and of course I'm bisexual so the idea that I'm being homophobic on on my my own album is insane to me but realizing right. that like that's I said that I mean, I said that this was like what, 15 years ago, 16 years ago at this point, but mm-hmm. someone talked about it on Twitter the other day. And I, I just ignored it. Cause I was like, you know, I've been trying to be better on Twitter about like, not always <laughs> putting my, uh, my opinion out there, but somebody was like, Oh, Psalm one's back. Psalm one's homophobic. I ain't been with her. I ain't, I ain't listened to old girls since Oh six. And she said this. And I was like, <laughs> wait, you follow me. Like you follow me. I didn't come on Twitter until five years after that album you follow me you're calling me homophobic in 2022 like do you really follow me bro like what is happening you know but I also understand that like some of the things we say 
we 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 have they they come back i mean that you see you we're seeing it right now with ice spice they pulling up all of her old tweets and they're funny so everyone's <laughs> like she's funny but like that's what they do like people yeah, want to want to want to see if you got any blemishes on that on that pc record yeah man and you know and you know like you like <laughs> it's something and, and you know like every everyone has you know like like i said everyone has like their own thresholds with that because like i know people you know you, you know like i know people who use that word and they have like yeah. a different relationship sure. with that it's it's you know it's it's whatever but like i say all that to say like you know you think about it with somebody like tyler the creator too who like yeah. started out you, 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 you know like he started out being you know like pe- people people were calling him one of, yeah you know like people people were like you, you, and you know like I was one of them because like I was a fan but I was kind of grappling with like oh like why is he saying this stuff yeah but yeah. then but then but then you know like of course like he more or less like he, he 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 never made like an official statement like Frank did but like Tyler more or less came out wink, and kind of changed wink, I'm queer yeah exactly you know like kind of changed up his image and that's like a whole that's a whole other, you know, like, you know, like unpacking, unpacking all of that is something that he's kind of done over the course of his last like two, three albums. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but, you know, like, it's always funny to me because I see like kids basically who came on around the Flower Boy era or the Igor era, or even just from Call Me When You Get Lost. And sure. then they, and, and then they start hearing the bastards and the goblins yeah. and, and, and they're just like, yeah. what the, and, and they're just like, who is this? You know, like, and, 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 and you, and you know, and you know, and you're like, I was, and you're like, I was rapping, I was rapping fucking, um, uh, Yonkers and I was yeah. rapping Tron Cat and I was rapping all this other shit, you know, like, yeah. and, and, and you're know, like, I, and like, I love those songs and I have this personal connection with them, but you just, sure. you just gotta be like, damn, it's like that shit wouldn't fly now and it's probably best that it doesn't you know like and i love the fact that and i love the fact that artists like tyler and pretty much everybody in of like especially you know like especially like sid because like sid was right at the center of all of that and she was like i'm gay ain't no i'm not putting on a dress ever don't ever ask you know exactly you know like she was gay from the jump she never hid that shit so like you know like of course of of course she kind of had to stand in front and be the person to be like oh well they're not actually you know like it was you know like you know like her doing that is probably i imagine that probably eats her up inside on occasion (laughs) but like you know like just just like just like seeing all of them kind of grow out of that and not, you know, just like kind of grow out of that. And, you know, like you had your experience and you grew and you've kind of come in. It's just like everyone's journey is different. And it's just like the shit is complicated and we find our way through it. And yeah. identities, identities become what they become. You know, it's, it's, it's a, uh, once again, no easy answers, no easy answers for any of that shit. But if we grew we, uh, up in hip hop, we have to unlearn. Stuff, yeah, you know mm-hmm. that's just what yeah. it is. We, and I think a lot of rappers, a lot of artists evolve over time. If we're lucky, we get to do that, and we get to understand that, like you know, like people be like, everybody's so sensitive right now. It's like uh, I just think people are people are able to speak up more about and articulate why yeah. some shit is foul as opposed to everyone being so sensitive because there's been a lot of cognitive dissonance as a woman Mm -hmm. you know as a woman I listen to some of my favorite you know rappers and I'm a bitch and a hoe and ain't shit you know what I mean like the whole (laughs) time you know what I mean I'm just like I have to separate that you know so I I like artists that I don't have to separate that shit with so and I think and that's where hip-hop is evolving 
Yeah, definitely. Especially now, you know, like it's, it's so crazy. You mentioned the battle scene earlier. Cause um, like three nights ago, I don't know what inspired this, but I went back and watched um disaster and cannabis's battle from like 10 oh years ago. Oh my God. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what compelled me to do that, but I was like, I want to watch this again. And just like the both of them, like, I mean, like, I mean, like cannabis and dis are extremely talented, obviously, yeah. but like just the things they like, like, like I, I don't got to say what they said, but just like, oh, yeah. you know, like, you, you know, you know, like, you know, like disaster was basically just baby Eminem and that, and like, and like that comes like, a, like, like we can all kind of guess what that comes with, you know? So like, just kind of. There's a plenty baby. <laughs> yeah, that man. Just, is, but yeah, he's a slur yeah. machine. Hey man, it, it, it's, it's just, but, but like you said, that's so, that's so ingrained in the battle scene. You know, like whether you're watching, whether you're watching like cannabis or disaster or like watching like, um, you know, um, Arsenal, who's from right up the street from me in Newark, you know, like Arsenal, Arsenal's, Arsenal's no, no angel when it comes to that shit and shoddy horror and all the, like, I, I could sit here and name names forever because yes, I was big into battle rap at one point and battle rap's kind of having a moment right now, which is great. Cause battle rap's awesome. But like, I just, uh, you know, subscription based model for battle rap is I'm glad they figured it out. Yeah, me too. Because unfortunately, yeah, like those... they needed Drake to do it. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, man. Fucking... This is amazing. Like everyone's like, Fuck I think it. it is amazing. Like, yeah, man, to see that to see that like King of the Dot ethos really find really like find a foothold with people in 2022 is really wild. Like I'm, yeah. I'm like kind of happy that they figured that out because like there's, you know, like battle rap is. What what one one of one of my favorite rap inside jokes is that like battle rappers can't make like you, you know like battle rappers will kill it battle rappers will kill it in 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 a, in a cipher but they can't make an album to save their life and for the most part you know like out like 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 the only the only battle rapper I can think of who like actually made a good project maybe no can do like that okay. might be it you know like okay. maybe I could I could be wrong I don't I, I mean I don't, Mike Eagle comes from the battle scene. Oh. So like oh, he counts, he but he's you know there are battle, but but coming from the battle scene is different from being like you know this this battle rap champion, and that's where you right. kind of got all your stripes. And I think I mean we can have the Eminem conversation. We don't have to, but Eminem is probably <laughs> the most I feel like one of the more recognizable battle rappers who was like doing mm-hmm. it at a super high level who made who made good albums you know he only had a few i mean the eminem show is the one yeah. eminem album that i was like this is incredible but yeah that was my else- first eminem album very very special to me sorry yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean we i i mean in my book i there's like a whole half a chapter about eminem because we didn't know he was white at first so we were just like what the hell you know so, um yeah uh that that is true. Like, I mean, that is true. By and large, a lot of great battle rappers haven't been able to make that album that really like feels complete, you know? Yeah. Um, because and, something, and, you, you make songs. I'm sorry. Like, cause now the rapper in no, me no, has no. just gotten like dinged, but it's because it's like, do you <laughs> want to make a dope song or do you want to be the best rapper on the song? It's right. like the slaughterhouse effect, you know? It's like four mm-hmm. grown-ass niggas trying to out-rap each other. It's like, where's the cohesion? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, I don't want to sit and take punchlines for, like, an hour. You know what I'm saying? Like, a well-placed mm-hmm. punchline, it can make a song better. But, like, right. you fucking put 100 punchlines in a song and, like, screaming at me, it just doesn't, it just, it doesn't feel cohesive to me. But I mean, right. I love bars. If you're just barring out and, and you know, it has this 
there are a lot of artists that just bar you down, you know, but they do it in an elegant way. So, yeah. Right. Which is crazy because like you think about a group like Slaughterhouse who I ne- like, like there was never a time when I was like the biggest Slaughterhouse fan. But right. like you look at that and then you look at somebody like Baby Tron out of Detroit, who I love. I love, love, yeah, love Baby Tron. <laughs> you know, like hearing like like I listen to Megatron and that's nothing but bars. Like it's bars for an hour, you know, but like he just it, it's like he manages to make it so much fun because you know like just like the way he does shit with like energy um the producer and just like and it's like the samples he finds and like the way he does it it's just like so much fun and 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 like it's not just you know like it's not like that slaughterhouse effect and um and like it's just cool like it's 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 just weird to consider that like i would scoff at somebody like a like a joel ortiz in 2022 but love somebody still, like still rapping at a high level if that's what you right want to hear, you know you know but like but but like i find myself wanting more stuff like uh like baby tron and shitty boys and that silk money album that just came out yesterday is fucking incredible oh, i got like, I, I gotta i gotta link up with that i'm still on that drum but yeah yeah the, the drum know. album is great too it yeah. was it was so nice to hear him like rap a little bit again in the middle. Like that was, yeah. that was really tight. Um, But, but like, he just kind of, yeah, not to, not to, not to, not to take too much time, but like, I, I, I just, I've been a drum fan since cha-cha and, you know, like just like seeing him kind of grow like Shelly FKA drum, like hearing him just like hearing him kind of become so comfortable with himself and just like really embrace doing just like full blown R and B and soul and funk, shit. you know, real like you know, it was, it was, it was just cool to see, you know, like, 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 like I'm happy because I interviewed him uh, when Shelly FKA Drum came out and he was very much like, he felt boxed in by the broccoli and the cha-cha shit. And he's like, I want to do more, you know? So mm-hmm. it was good to see him do that on his terms. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you can get bound by a hit if you're not careful, you know? Mm-hmm. He almost got bound by two. So sure. yeah. <laughs> um. Sure. Man, this is this has been so great. Like, I feel like I could talk to you for like another three hours, honestly. <laughs> um, but my very last question for you, um, uh, Psalm One, Crystal, if your life no, wait, was it's a crystal, movie, it's crystal. Just like crystal. You know, my fault. I'm sorry. It's a, no, it's okay because like we are we're on the internet and people read names and they don't know. So like, yeah, it's just crystal. <laughs> my mom was being hella fancy. It's no 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 hard feelings. Got it. Yeah. I, because you said I'm, earlier you said oh i'm cinema sci and i was like that's how you say it okay still but like because because <laughs> i already i already said your name and i like i like i have a thing with names where like i like i know faces and i remember conversations but like there are some times where i don't remember names and like either yeah. e- either or, or or it'll be like i remember the name but i don't remember how to pronounce it so i get like self-conscious and don't say it i'm just like hey you were like hey what's up like i don't <laughs> yeah, say exactly names. yeah and i feel terrible about this like when i first said when i first said cristal i was like in my head i'm like is this right she didn't say anything i hope this is right like <laughs> no i wasn't gonna cut you off because you were in like saying something really good but also people call me Cristal on some super shit. You know what I mean? Like from boondocks to the fact that Cristal right. is a is a rapper's champagne or was mm-hmm. back in the day. So people who even know it's pronounced Crystal will still call me Crystal. It's fine though. Right. Okay. Just, just make it. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. No, but I, it, it's up to me to correct you. But it's no, it's no biggie because we are internet. We're, we know each other from the internet and you can't always get the proper pronunciation from that. So. 
Right. Yeah. But what was it, your question? No, nah, it was also it was also on me for not asking because I should have just asked. But my question, um, <laughs> someone, Crystal, if your life was a movie, what would it be about? If my life was a movie, it would be about me being like almost famous. I think it would just, just be so <laughs> fucking humorous in like some areas of the world. Like no one gives a fuck who I am. But then in other areas, somebody might be like, yo, your music really got me. Through. You know what I mean? Like they really yeah. like revere me. So and it's just the the the, the mind fuck of that. Like uh, one of the one of the more powerful things that ever happened to me in my career was I got on the front page of the Chicago Sun-Times, huge article, but I was riding the bus when it came out. Man. So it was just like, is this what fame is? Like, what is mm -hmm. this? You know, like, because I think we a lot of times equated fame with fortune and thinking yeah. that um, your come up or your blow up, you know, I come from the era like, you could be rapping on the corner and if you're good, someone will come and change your life because you're just so good at rapping. You know what I mean? Right, and right, right. I think a lot of rappers from my era got, got sucked up into that and they've become bitter. And I was bitter for a long time, but I'm not anymore. And I'm unlearning some bitter things. You don't just right. become unbitter, but like I've unlearned quite a bit and learned to embrace, um, to embrace music as something that has ha been happening for me forever and just um just keeping it silly so yeah my movie would be it would be like on some almost famous shit but with a little like boondocks humor thrown in really self-deprecating shit but i come on, on i come out on top in the end that's that's fire yeah as long as as long as it's not season four boondocks i'm cool <laughs> no nah, no nah, season it'd probably be like season two what's the season the thugnificent the when they first that's season two yeah yeah <laughs> season yeah, yeah, two yeah, would yeah. be it that's and Cristal, like with the the Cristal, the prostitute, that that is like so many sound bites on that right. one for me, you know. Yeah, man, the Boondocks is a that that's a whole other episode. I could I could I could go for a whole two hours about my relationship with the Boondocks. Yeah, and like you know, like I feel you. Um, I feel you on the whole like fame versus fortune thing to an extent, because like you know, like I've been doing this for about a decade, and um, it's like it feels good to be able to like. I mean, like, first and foremost, like, I've been listening to you for a while. So, like, just even getting to talk to you on, like, my platform is really nuts to me. And, like, I, um, I, like, when I wrote my Kanye review last year when Donda came out, um, I did, uh, um, um, I did Chicago Radio, um, because they asked me to come on and talk about it with, um, one of the pastors who, okay. oh, I forget his name, I can't remember. But either way, like, you know, like, I was... Like at that point, I was also like moving money around and trying to figure out whether I'd be able to pay off my phone bill, yeah. you know, like, and that was just yeah, last year. <laughs> so, like, you know, like, it's, right. It's just yeah. like that. It, it's really just like that, you know, like that almost famous shit is like really, that shit is real, you know, like it's, it's like, like fame does not equal fortune. Fortune does not equal fame. And, you know, like, and you're like have, having a respectable amount of both is a hard balance to maintain. And, uh, you know, it's been really great to see you kind of really have a moment over the course of this last year and come into something so beautiful. And I just, uh, you know, like, thank you for even wanting to come on, you know, like, I really don't take it for granted that like anybody would want to come on here. Cause I'm just like, <laughs> it's literally just me, you know, like there's no, there's no machine behind this really. So just like, yeah, it means nice. a lot. So thank you. Means a lot to, uh, 
to be asked. I'm, you know, like I'm a fan of your work and I really appreciate uh, you sliding me in Pitchfork. And I want to, I want to clarify something. Pitchfork score is a song about, it's the score about the idea of Pitchfork. Cause a lot of people were like some, not a lot of people. One person was like, you didn't get reviewed in Pitchfork. You just got in Pitchfork. And I was like, my, the, it's about Pitchfork. It's not about a Pitchfork score. It's a score about Pitchfork. So right. Claire clarified that I'm actually scared to be reviewed in Pitchfork. Um, (laughs) (laughs) My homie Rich Jones said I'm a Chicago 10 and a Pitchfork. Shout out to Rich Jones. (laughs) Shout out to Rich Jones. I love that. But uh, I I appreciate that. And I appreciate um, I appreciate the support like over the years because I know I'm I'm an artist that has changed quite a bit throughout the course of uh, throughout the course of my career and my musical choices have have varied. So it's nice to be able to like have fans that have been listening for you know for a long time. So and I appreciate you and I knew we were gonna have a good ass conversation because I fuck with your written words. So yeah, no, nah, thank you. I'm just I'm just happy to be in a position where I can put people on in my own way and do it through do it through Pitchfork cuz like that's the, that was that was kind of something that I that was like a goal of mine when I first got there was like I want to I want to put like I want to put on for like the dope shit no matter where it comes from, you know, like it's just like you know, like being able to write about you one day and then write about like Golden Boy Count about a Florida the next is like I yeah. live for that shit. So like the fact that like they let me you, you know, like I kind of have a, it's, I, I just, I just appreciate being able to put on for people uh, in, in that way. So just, yeah. and, and you're like, your music is dope without me having to tell you it's dope, but I'm happy to do that. You know, like, <laughs> no, no, it was very much appreciated. And, you know, I, like I said, like I said, like, I don't, we don't as artists need the validation of, you know, certain things. But it right. is nice to be recognized. So for sure, yeah, appreciate appreciate the love on Crystal Jr. That was definitely, we got shadow banned. So I feel very accomplished, you know. <laughs> we don't know whether it was the, the fake firearm or it was me rapping between a woman's legs. Who knows? We'll never. Right. Either way, we got you. You know, I got you. <laughs> like- <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Shout out to y'all for making it this far. And shout out to all the black people listening too, because y'all really impeccable. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend to come through next time. One.